clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc. What's up? What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, the doc's a little tired. She was out hiking and like climbing giant mountains and came back from a 15-hour car ride. So she's got naps in her future. So we got a jam. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to a nap. So we gotta, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta, get, we gotta get this moving. All right. Well, let's get it moving, Doc. Welcome back, folks, to the University of Pleasure. We hope you are all staying safe as this COVID-19 outbreak continues to roll along and we live this wild life. And we hope that uh, all of those who are out there keeping us safe are safe and healthy as well. And we're grateful for everything that you do. So thank you so much. And uh, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of over not being able to hang out with you in person, Doc. And I know, I know. without even you really answering, miss me in person too. <laughs> do you want me to answer? Or <laughs> I don't need you to answer. I think all of our fans and listeners out there know how badly you miss spending time with me in person. Then we will just let that assumption stand. Thank you, Doc. Thank you so much. I felt the love. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All the enthusiasm I could muster. <laughs> yep. Listen, I understand you need a nap. It's okay. See, folks, if she was not tired, she would have very enthusiastically told no, that... you all how much she missed me, how much she misses being in the same room with me doing these podcasts. Right, Doc? Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to give her a chance to answer because she's got to save her energy. So the point is, let's move yeah, forward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got an interesting one today. And I think a lot of you have kind of gone through this at some point in relationships. And here it is. The breakup shakeup. Tips for ending relationships like a grown-ass adult. Yep. You yep. said that so aggressively. <laughs> because it's because you know really it, look. I can't say that I've been perfect at breakups either, but you know the older you get, you should be learning and I still hear and now with like the advent of like, you know, texting, social media, swiping right, swiping left, you know, all the kind of things we've talked about in so many different episodes. It's like you would think that you could learn to be a bit classier, be a bit better human about it sometimes. And so many people, I hear so many stories where, you know, somebody broke up with them or just ghosted them or all the things that are out there now. It's just being a grown-ass adult. Again, we're about learning and growing here at the University of Pleasure. So I'm, I was a little bit strong on that, Doc. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, I think that you're bringing up the reason that I think it would be a good topic to talk about. Uh, just because it's 
Obviously, breakups happen all the time, but bad breakups happen probably much more than they need to. And when I say bad, I mean breakups that are not handled in a way that we would consider by our most mature selves. I mean, wow, you said that so like politically correct. <laughs> like, by our most like mature selves, I'm like, yes, don't be a dick, don't be a jerk. <laughs> well. You know, I think that sometimes we're not purposefully being a jerk or a dick. I think sometimes what happens is we just, we're just uh, humans generally avoidant, right? And we don't like to deal with things that are uncomfortable. And so as, uh, as human beings, we have this tendency to try to sneak away, sneak away from the difficult feelings, both of ourselves and the difficult feelings of others. Not me. Which is I like to jump right into the deep end. I'm not afraid of any of that. I just step right up and I'm honest and I'm straightforward. Look, Doc, there are very few perfect people in the world, Okay. I just Actually, there are there are a lot of people in the world. I don't know if you were. Few perfect a people. I oh, said. I thought you just said that there are very few people in the world. There are very few like, perfect people, Doc. I'm just happy to be one of the very few, which no. is why I don't need any help on any of these things, right? No, I think all of those statements are upsetting and false. Agree to disagree. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're we're not always our best selves. I'm with you 100%. But so what can we do? What can we well, teach our listeners, the folks out there at home? Well, I mean, given clients? that we were well, I mean that you were talking about you, which is not uncommon. Given that we were nice. talking about you and your perfection, I you know, I would be really interested, Jeremiah. Has there ever been a time just to start it off, right? Like has there ever been a time where you can recall not handling a breakup like a grown-ass adult? No, 100% not. Uh, I was actually only saying that I was not my best self earlier uh, to make everybody else out there listening feel better. Yeah, I think those are horrific lies. So, <laughs> okay, um... all right, all right. I'm going to be serious. When I was younger, okay, I I really struggled. My My problem with breaking up was I never wanted to hurt the other person. And it didn't make me necessarily lie. It just made me, I would say, prolong the process, meaning I could never just cut it and be like, yeah, it's over. I'm really sorry. These are five reasons. And I just wanted to be honest with you. And, and one, I would always I was so worried about like hurting that person's feelings, making them feel badly about themselves by doing, you know, like, oh, it's not me, it's you. And like all the old silly things that you hear, you know. And so I wasn't great at it. I've gotten better over the years. And now I'm in obviously a committed relationship and that will never be an issue again. But, you know, at this point, like I look back on how I used to approach it and I, I literally can analyze it because as we know, you know, hindsight's a bitch. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yes, it is. And you look back and you're like, oh boy, I could have done that 10 times better in these ways. So that's where I struggled. I also have many friends. They struggle on the opposite side. They struggle on the polar opposite side. I mean, I got a buddy who literally is just like, I'm breaking up with you, like out of the blue. Like if he feels it, he just says it. And you're like, you're like eating calamari at, you know, Olive Garden. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So this is a totally true story. One of my buddies, actually, I was a waiter at the Olive Garden. I think we might've talked about my illustrious Olive Garden career. Oh, yeah. And one of my buddies brought his girlfriend to my restaurant, sit in my section, 
And I come over to the table, totally true, and I'm like, hey, guys, oh, my God, you're here. This is so cool. It's so cool to see you at my restaurant. And they were like, yeah, cool. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have this. And I'm like, okay, well, I could get those drinks right now, and I'll be right back. And I come back to the table with, like, a Diet Pepsi and, like, <laughs> you know, water. <laughs> and she's going, what? You're doing this right now? Right now? Right here? <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, uh, what's happening? She's like, he's dumping me, Jeremiah. He's dumping me. And I was like, oh, dude. That's cold. <laughs> That's cold, man. Like, that wasn't the classiest way to do it. And then, of course, you know. And like, drinks as well. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So then she was like, get me. I want a cocktail. And I was like, okay. <laughs> they kept the breakup conversation happened over like an hour. And, of course, I come back and I'm like, uh, did you guys want breadsticks or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. Totally true. And he knows who he is. We, we're still best buddies to this day. But I'll never forget that. That 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 one was a little bit harsh. So yeah. I know both ends of the spectrum is what I'm saying, Doc. Yeah. Well, and so I think that there are lots of – don't get me wrong. I don't think that there is a perfect way. I should say that just right off the bat. I don't think that there are perfect ways to break up with someone. It's always hard. It's always difficult. Right. That's why we avoid it or that's why we struggle with it so much. But at the same time, I do think that there are some maybe more effective ways or more thoughtful ways to go about it. Give us some of those. Well, I mean, I think the first thing, too, though, that I should say or another thing, right, that I should probably say before we launch into these is that these are more general tips uh, because, you know, obviously the amount of time you've been in a relationship also changes the dynamics of a breakup. Right. So like if somebody's going through something like a divorce. Right. Some of these things might feel a little overly simplistic. And I just want to right, acknowledge. That. Right. OK. Some of these are I think you can you know, you're. You're all wise people, I hope, out there, right? So you can maybe pull what's helpful to you, um, but it might not be applicable to some things that are, you know, much more complex, right? If you're in a ending a 30-year marriage, right, obviously there's going to be a lot more complexity to that than there would be to, you know, we've been on five dates. You know, these, these are just yeah, yeah, so totally different things. So I just wanted to say that up front. That's all. Okay. Well. Great. Now everybody <laughs> has been told. <laughs> so why don't you give us a little knowledge, Doc? Okay. Thank you, Jeremiah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I think that my first big piece of advice or just tips for people would be take accountability. Right? So what I mean by that is I think um, sometimes uh, when people are anxious or they're distressed or maybe they're breaking up with someone because, I don't know, they feel angry or dissatisfied – it is really, really easy in many ways to try to push it off on the other person. Like a like an example of this would be I had a friend and it was not that long ago who was wanting to divorce, uh, get a divorce from his wife. And he was talking to me about it. He's like, well, I just keep trying to convince her that she wants a divorce. So it, you know, it feels like her idea. And I was wow. like, wow, I was like, I was like, dude, this is someone in his 40s. <laughs> Oh, That's right. Like I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, he did give me permission to talk about this, by the way. Okay. Um, but I was like, hey, come on, man. Like you've got to be able to, you know, if that's what you want, right? 
it's important for you to say out loud that that's what you want, right? Like people might often try to be like, hey, you know, don't you think it would be better? Or do you know what I mean? Like to try to spin it into the other person's idea or even like sometimes I'm just going to avoid this person until they're like, fine, screw you. You right. know, <laughs> or like you put you put someone in a position where they have no choice but to break up with you. And I'm just going to say right now, like, that rarely goes well. It's usually not very helpful. You're probably not going to feel very good about it. So one of the first tips, and it's pretty simple, is like you need to take accountability for what you want, right? And what you think you need. And if what you think you need is to end a relationship, just being honest about that. I want to break up. Not don't you think it would be better if we, if you moved somewhere else and then we stopped talking for you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's, it's so brutal because that exists. I mean, just the fact that that exists. I, I mean, I've never done anything like that. I don't understand it personally, and I, but that does not make it, you know, the rule of law. So, you know, for me, it's it just that's that's brutal. It is brutal. But I, I mean, do you think I'm off base that no, people do not you are engage in that behavior? Absolutely not off base at all. <laughs> Right. And part of that is about this idea that I was talking about in the beginning is avoidance. Right. And and I didn't say really that much about it, but avoidance is such a common defense mechanism when we're feeling scared or anxious. Right. Like fight, flight or freeze. Right. Those those are sort of our mechanisms for dealing with feeling fear or anxiety. We either you know, if you uh, come across a bear in the woods, you either freeze, you run or if you're of, I guess, some parties, you attack the bear. (laughs) It's like you either do one of those three things for the most part. And lots of us have combinations of those. But frankly, just as somebody that works with people a lot and talks with people a lot about fears and anxieties, avoidance tends to be one of the more common ways that people deal with that, right? And a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today and the mistakes that people made are really just different forms of avoidance, right? Like what I was just talking about, like take accountability. Well, when people don't take accountability, that's just them not wanting to deal either with someone being upset with them, right? Or to avoid their own feelings about the situation. So in general, avoidance rarely is, I get why we do it and we all do it to certain degrees, but it's rarely an effective way to deal with stress because avoidance tends to build anxiety. Anxiety tends to get greater over time when you try to cope with it through avoidance, right? Because then you become anxious about avoiding. Right. Do you know right. What I mean it becomes that? that, you know, like being, you know, stuck on a ride, you can't get off. It's like circular. You're keep, you know, you're afraid of the avoidance and then you're avoiding the avoidance because you're afraid of the avoidance <laughs> and you're avoiding more and it makes it worse. It makes it worse. It makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, it's like a snowball that rolls downhill. Right. So to I mean, a I could have easily just said that too, but you know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You did your best, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Um, yeah, the uh, the other reason that I think it's such a problem to like put it on a partner and to not take accountability is that if one of the things you're trying to do, like I'm thinking of my friend, by the way, that one that I said, who's a really nice human. And part of the reason he wanted to feel like her ideas, like you were talking about earlier, he didn't want to hurt her feelings. And well, A, I'm like, it's a divorce. There's going to be hurt feelings. Yeah. All right. First and foremost, like be honest with yourself that this is going to be part of the situation here. But also that that can cause the other person to feel really manipulated. And, you know, I think people have heard the phrase gaslit before, right? Yep, like gaslighting, yep, yep. right? Where, Very where popular term nowadays. 
It is, right? Where someone's trying to make you in, uh, um, invest in a truth that really isn't yours, right? Mm-hmm. But it can be really confusing for someone, right? If someone's like sitting across from you at, a, at an olive garden being like, <laughs> I mean, you want this, right? Don't you want this? And the person's going, no, I don't want this. But they're like emphasizing how much, I mean, that can really confuse somebody. And if what your goal is, is to hurt someone less, honestly, that that really doesn't achieve that goal, right? Uh, trying to make it somebody else feel like it's their idea. Like you're not a wizard, right? People know how they feel. You can't just magically make them feel a different way because you tell them over and over that that's how they feel. For sure. For I sure. hope that made sense. It totally made sense. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just, you're sitting, you're just, it, it creeps me out when you're silent, Jeremiah. Oh, Oh, well, I'm sorry. I just, I get involved in listening just as much as our listeners get involved in listening and learning. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm on board. And then I go, oh, crap, I'm a co-host. I should say something. Oh, uh, oh sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to go into the next tip? Can you go into the next tip, please? Great. Um, the other <laughs> thing that I would say, <laughs> can you just do my work for me? Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Um, let me continue to facilitate the conversation and also have it, Jeremiah. No problem. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Do both, please. Um, uh, another tip I would have is, you know, obviously this is an extension of the previous one, but be honest, but with compassion, right? I think that there are lots of ways to be honest. For instance, the example that you gave of your friend, right? Like that's someone being honest. I want to break up. Right. But not a ton of compassion. Yeah, it, it's a little brutal. It's a little brutal. So we got to split the difference basically is what you're saying. Be be honest, have accountability, but but you know, have compassion. I mean, you're going to be letting somebody down. So don't, you know, yeah, ripping the band-aid off kind of a thing, I guess, but you know, it, still you should be compassionate. Right. Well, but I I think also just to clarify when I say be honest, I mean, I, I think that that's a little bit more around, I mean, there's, there's being honest that like, that's what you want. And then there's also being honest about like most people, not everyone, but a lot of times in breakups, people will ask why, Sure. right? Sure. Like, you know, they'll be like, why, why do you want to end this? Or what is it? And I think that if you're just super vague, right. If you're like, Oh, it's not you, it's me, you know, like all the tropes, right. right it's not right, you, right. it's me. Or if you're like, ah, I just not feeling it. If you're too ambiguous, right. And again, people often do that because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But what people forget is ambiguity messes with us much more than specifics, right? Like we have a tendency, I mean, just think about our current global circumstances, right? Not knowing actually tends to be much more distressing over time than even difficult information. And so I think that there are ways, you know, to be honest with people, but still be compassionate. Like, for instance, let's say somebody's, I don't know, let's say somebody's like just not attracted to somebody. I don't know. Let's say somebody's gone on, I don't know, a few dates and they're just not attracted to someone. They want to end it. Right. Like, I don't think you need to be like, I'm just not attracted to you. Right. Like that might be a little harsh. I mean, that, that sounds rough. Right. That could be a little harsh. But I do also. But. You could easily say something to the effect of like, you know, it's just not really kind of the sexual energy or vibe I was looking for. Right. Or do you know what I mean? There there are different ways to say that. And again, you know, we'll talk a little bit about boundaries you might want to hold. People might want to push on that. But I think that finding a balance between being like aggressively detailed, like, let me give you a laundry list of all the reasons I don't want to be with you versus having some level of like 
all right, well, I'll give you an at least some idea of why I don't want to be in this. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think you know, it's kind of striking the right balance, you know, because you don't want to have to say in detail, "I'm not attracted to you," and here are the reasons why. You know, like I think that's a that's too much, and it can be very painful to somebody, right? But you could say, you know, like you were saying, the sexual energy. I just don't feel we have the connection that I was you know, looking for, and I think you're an incredible person, but it's just it, the connection that I was looking for isn't there. Right. There's a difference between saying, I think you are too tall, right? Or right. whatever, right? Like, I just, I don't like the way you carry your body yeah. <laughs> versus being like, you know, I just, this just really isn't the right chemistry for me. It's just not the right fit in terms of what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I, and I do think there, and don't get me wrong, Somebody still may not like hearing that information, oh, yeah. right? But but the argument that I would give is at least that's honest versus being like, I just, I'm just not feeling it, right? Or just complete avoidance where you just be like, it's over. And then you give somebody like nothing or you ghost them, right? Like that's another, you were bringing up, I think at the beginning, you brought up like in the advent of social media and online dating. One of the things that that's allowed a little bit more easily is avoidance, right? It's a lot, it's a lot easier to just stop talking to somebody. Just all of a sudden disappear. Right. And, and I think more frequently we talk about that in terms of like, you know, like, oh, you went on a couple dates with somebody or maybe you started a conversation. But like I've had clients that have been dating someone for like four or six months and someone just ghosts them. Yeah, that's that's, they unreal. that's 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 not cool. That's just not cool. No. Right. And we've talked and about so, that in our online dating stuff and, you know, ghosting and all that sort of thing. So, you know, it's that, that's just not cool. That goes against everything that we're talking about in this particular episode, I would think. Yes, right. So we're the, there's a reason that the title is like how to end relationships like a grown-ass adult, right? Yes. <laughs> what, yes. We're, what we're talking about <laughs> is just being the best version you can be of yourself when you approach these things. Um, yep. You know, and and – I would say about too, like being compassionate is a skill, right? So that means you're going to have to take your time, right? Like, so be compassionate and take your time. And I don't mean hours, right? But often in breakups, people just want to get in and get the hell out, right? And I totally, (laughs) like, I understand because it's uncomfortable. I understand why people want to be like, here's my deal. Here's why I want to go. Or here's what I want to say. Here's why I want to end this. And then they're like, and now I'm out, right? just need to get somewhere else right now because this is too difficult to sit with. But if you're trying to be compassionate, you might need to give yourself a beat or two, right? To think of how to, you know, someone's asking you questions about why, give yourself a second, give yourself a a couple seconds to say, okay, how can I be honest about this? And how can I say this in a, in a thoughtful way? Right? Like you need time, you need time to be thoughtful. Now that being said, right? Like, there is striking a balance between not getting caught in some seven hour conversation with someone you've been on three dates with, right? Like, yeah, that might be a little much. <laughs> that might be a little overdone. And see, that was my fault. That was like me. That was the problem that I ran into because I would be like, you know, I get a good sense of somebody and they're a really nice person. We'd be dating for like, you know, I don't know, a month or something like that. And then it was just like, you know. It just would go on forever. <laughs> I would feel so bad, <laughs> you know. And then they would ask yeah, me why, well, you know, even in more detail. And be like, Ugh. but I just didn't want to hurt them. And so I was trying to, Ugh. you know, it just was a constant. So, 
Yeah, I, I understand that, that. That's a little too much. I suffered from that problem. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think that that would be probably one of my other tips would be to keep it short and simple when possible. Like I said, in a longer term relationship, that's you're going to have longer conversations, right? You're not going to probably have like if you're in a 20 year relationship with someone, you're probably not going to break. It's probably not appropriate to break up in five minutes, right? right like, I don't right. think that that would be appropriate. But when it's maybe a shorter term or a more casual relationship, I think keeping it short and simple, like almost beforehand, thinking about an amount of time in your head that feels reasonable given the level of your relationship, right? So 10 minutes for something that was three years, that's not very realistic, yeah, not right? realistic, yeah. Right? But two hours for something that was maybe two week, two weeks, that's overkill, you know? And so you're trying to just sort of think about even before you go in, like, what 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 seems reasonable? Because this, and I think that this is very important, just because, and, you know, today we're talking about the person, maybe in the future, we'll talk about handling being the one being broken up with, right? But right. <laughs> when, you're, when you are the one that's breaking up with someone, even though you might be doing something that the other person is struggling with, you still get to have boundaries, right? Like you still, you know, I, I've often talked about like this idea that like, you don't owe other people everything, right? Like you get to have boundaries, you get to have limits. And if you've been respectful and you've been thoughtful and you feel like you were honest, you get to at a certain point be like, okay, I'm done having this conversation now, right? right. I've told right. you my reasons. I've given you my reasons. And just because someone is sitting there in front of you and they're hurt and they're sad doesn't mean that you have to continue on and on for like a six hour situation here. And again, really keep in mind that this is probably dependent on how long you've been with somebody, but um, you're probably not getting anywhere after about an hour. I would you know? agree. And I would totally agree. You're just starting to go around then, in circles. Yeah, you're going around in circles. People's emotions tend to get really flooded, right? And so... Honestly, sometimes when you stay in it, then then you start to run the risk of saying things you don't mean, right? Maybe giving people answers that aren't totally the truth. Like, you know, there's that idea of diminishing returns, right? Like yeah. there's there's this idea that like sometimes when you do too much, right, you actually have a loss at the end. And from my end, I would definitely say like you do still get to have boundaries. And just because someone is sitting in front of you and they're sad and they're hurting that doesn't mean that a it's helpful for them for you to keep engaging with them in that and b it's not it's not something that really is probably helpful to the dynamic as a whole or you as a person um you know i i think sometimes people don't like getting no for an answer right, right. somebody might try to break, try to break up with somebody and then be like no like <laughs> well <laughs> I, I i've worked with some people that have tried to break up with with someone and the other person was like no yeah, no, that's not acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... no, we're not breaking up. Um, And I would say, I don't think that that's mature behavior on the other end, right? right? Like, relationships are a choice, and we often forget this. We choose to be in relationships. And you would They're say that choice. even for, like, marriage, right? I mean, that's still a choice. Yeah, yes. there's paperwork. Yes, there's logistics that have to go into it. But even marriage, I mean, if you were, you know, thinking that it's not the right fit anymore, you know, that even there, that's still a choice. You don't just get to say no. Right. Yeah, you don't each relationship that we are in is a choice. We choose to be in relationships. I talk with people like I do a lot of couples therapy, right? And people are often 
really miserable and they feel stuck, right? And one of the things that, I, you know, and it's a harsh reminder and I know that, but it's also, I think, pretty true and real is like, you're both choosing to be in this situation and you have to decide individually if that's a choice you both want to make as individuals, right? right. Do you both still want to show up to this because the reality is, is you don't have to, yeah. you don't. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes we it's, especially in longer term relationships, it's really easy to feel, you know, very obligated to certain things. And I, and I totally respect that, but at the same time, right? Like, you know, I, I think I've said it probably a number of times and I'll keep saying it like you get one life. Like <laughs> that we right. know of, right? That's right. That, that we feel pretty solid about. And this is yours. And yep. what are the choices you want to make? And if and if you're in a relationship that really doesn't feel like a good fit for you or is causing you a lot of distress, well, that's a choice. And the reality is, is that the person on the other end, right, is also making a choice, which means that you've both accepted that risk, right? It's not like when you enter a relationship, you both sign some document that says, and neither one of us will ever get hurt, right? Or right. we will ever experience difficult emotions. And obviously, if we're talking about things like marriage with children versus casual dating, right? Like there are varying degrees of, of commitment and things like that. But at the end of the day, being in a relationship is a choice and there's always risk, right? There's risk to anything really. And there's a risk to that choice. And one of the risks that you take on is the risk of being hurt, right? If you don't risk being hurt, well, you know, you'll probably be alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that might, and that might hurt. And that might hurt you way. anyway. In a different way. Right. And, you know, unless somebody that's really, you know, lots of people, prefer to be single and that's fine too. Um, but at, you know, so I think part of it is remembering like that it's the other person really at the end of the day, and this might feel cold, but it is the other, you can be compassionate, you can be kind, you can be thoughtful. You don't have to purposefully hurt someone else if you can help it. But at the end of the day, if you want to end a relationship, it is still that other person's responsibility to manage their own reactions and emotions about that. Just like if you were the one being broken up with, I would tell you, hey, you also, it is your responsibility to manage these emotions. And you can be upset or hurt or angry with the other person, right? I'm not saying that, but you got to figure out what to do with that. And it's the other person can't do that for you, right? right. No one can, no one can solve someone else's feelings, right? That's that is our individual journey. That's exactly <laughs> correct. Every one of us. That's exactly so. correct. So we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, the doc is going to give us a little bit more information on this current topic. When we come back. So you know what, Doc? I, I think uh, we're not going to transition right now. I think you should just give us a couple more nuggets about this topic. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think that if you know this is something else, if you know that you have wronged the person that you are breaking up with, apologize. Just, <laughs> just, just apologize, right? Like, own up to it, like an adult, right? And be thoughtful, right? Like, I think some of these things around, like, just like taking responsibility, taking accountability, those things are important. Like, if one of the things you're worried about, again, is hurting the other person, like, these things are much more helpful to people so they can have 
closure, right? It's much easier for people to move on when they're like, okay, well, that sucked. I didn't like being broken up with, but at least this person maybe acknowledged all those things that I was saying for all that time, right? Like at least they owned it and I can kind of regulate around that and move on. I think, again, what really messes with people often when they're broken up with is when they feel like they're either being gaslit or they're in some vacuum of information where it's just so ambiguous, you know, and then they just, you break up with them and you leave them with no information and then they just sit and grind and grind and grind on the what happened, right? Or the different realities that they experienced in your relationship. Um, So a a few other just quick ones, right? This is the lightning round. It is the lightning round, right? Um, Go in expecting to sit with difficult feelings, both yours and the other person's, right? Like if you're like, oh, I'm going to go in, I'm going to go out and I'm going to feel nothing and they're going to be fine. I wouldn't expect that. That's not a reasonable expectation. Also, don't try to dictate someone else's feelings, right? Like, so if someone's sitting in there and they start to cry and then you start being like, don't cry, don't get upset. I don't recommend that. Like, (laughs) let them, let them have their feelings, right? You can sit with that. You can handle someone else having difficult emotions. And frankly, I would say that this is a very important life relational skill, right? If you, I'm not saying if someone's being abusive to you, obviously then leave, right? Sure, sure. But if, if someone's like being verbally abusive or something, but if it's just someone is like upset and they're sad or they're crying or they seem irritated, like these are important relational skills to be able to tolerate the difficult emotions of other people. And if you find yourself running out of a room every time that happens, it's going to keep causing you not just problems during breakups, but it's probably going to lead to more breakups. (laughs) It's probably going to cause you a lot of problems in relationship in general, in relationships in general. And the other thing I would say is don't, if somebody's getting nasty with you, don't get nasty back. Just leave. Just leave. Just go. Just try to rise above it and walk away. Don't don't try to engage in it. Am I saying anything out of line there, Doc? No, just go. Right. If someone's starting to be abusive, you don't need to engage in that. It's you're not going to feel good about it. They're not going to feel good about it. It's rarely going to go anywhere productive. Um, Another thing I would say, just because you brought it up, Jeremiah, and I had it down, is uh, be mindful of location. Um, It all comes back to the Olive Garden, Doc. (laughs) (laughs) Be mindful of location. I understand that people don't want to get trapped somewhere. Totally understandable, right? But don't humiliate someone by doing it somewhere that is incredibly public. No, I agree. Right? I mean, there's a difference between a big open park, right, and an Olive Garden. Yes. And I've had people, uh, you know, and, and ask for divorces in session like their first session wow. with me. Right. And, and I would, I don't recommend that. Right. Like, and for a couple of reasons, like, don't get me wrong. I want to create a safe space for people to be honest about what they're feeling, but I'm talking more about like somebody wants to ask for a divorce. So they set up a couple therapy session. This has happened multiple times in my career. Like literally the first session, someone sits down and within 10 minutes, they don't even know me yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And someone's saying, I want a divorce. And I don't know them yet, so I can't help take care of anybody. I can't, you know what I mean? But it's basically like having someone witness their humiliation, right? And it rarely- That's not cool. I mean, I've never seen it go well, actually. (laughs) And so being thoughtful. And then I think where I would end is just talking about the, can I talk a little bit about like the aftermath, like the after of a breakup? Yes, please. Because here's the thing, you know, I'm really glad that- 
we're going to talk about this because this is such a big thing. This was always, you know, for me and so many people I know, you know, it, it's always this idea of the unknown past the end of the relationship, right? Whether it's marriage or whether it's a long-term relationship or even short relationships, right? The aftermath is something that always, you know, it's funny because we always say, oh, you'll get past it and, and over time things will get better. I believe that. I truly do believe that. So I'd love some insight on that aspect of things, Doc, because that's a for, – for many dear friends, for people that I know who have struggled in relationships or are struggling in relationships and feel that it should end or whatnot, it's always about what's going to happen after I pull that trigger, right? And that's right. the biggest fear. So give us some knowledge there. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, and I do think that <laughs> just because you've walked out of the room or the restaurant or the park, right, doesn't mean that all the feelings that everyone had is over. Sometimes they are, right? Sometimes people break up and they never talk again. But I, I think it, there's some some breakups that linger, that last, right? And sure. I think that some of us, um, if we look back, have made some mistakes in that. I think one of the things that I always try to encourage people to do is really being mindful of how you're managing your guilt, Right. Yeah. People often feel and can off. I mean, some people break up and they feel relieved and they're dusting their hands. They're like, all right, goodbye. Right. Right. Clean. That, I think that's when people refer to like, quote unquote, clean breaks. Right. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. Right. But mm, that's not always the case. Right. And um, I think a lot of times when we're feeling guilty about something, you know, we don't like that feeling. It's uncomfortable. So we want to assuage that feeling. Right. We want to try to get rid of that feeling in some kind of way. So sometimes you might. You know, I've had clients, friends, you know, people where it might be like, oh, well, I, I texted them to say that I was thinking about them or I texted them a song that they always liked. Right. Or a funny meme I thought they would like. And that's because they're like, hey, I, I said I wanted to be friends and I do care about you and I had genuine care for you. So, you know, hey, here's here's a funny cat picture. But I don't that's more about you wanting maybe to feel a little better or to not feel like a quote unquote mean person. But the reality is for the person on the other end, and I know this often because I have conversations about it in session with people frequently, my ex is texting me cat memes, right? Or right. something or like sending me songs. And it's what really often happens is it ends up being confusing, right? So from your end, what might be kind and thoughtful might actually be experienced as being selfish and confusing yep. for the other person. And don't get me wrong. There are certainly people that do break up and, you know, are able to be friends. Absolutely. Hey, listen, but, I, I got to tell you, my ex-wife, one of my best friends. I mean, right. we're very, very lucky in that way. But we also understand that we're very lucky and that we were able to transition into this place of genuine caring. And she'll send me a random thing knowing that I think that's funny. But it's a true, you know, we ended up in, in a place over time where that was a possibility. And, and we're very, again, this is not, we don't say that this is normal or it's right or it's, this is what worked for us. And uh, I'm very grateful for that because she was an incredible person. We just didn't, we weren't as good a married couple as we were best pals, right? And so that was a really great thing. And we can send those kind of things. However, that's not for everybody. And I can only imagine that if if it hadn't worked that way, if I was sending her things, you know, and she was really mad or really hurt or, you know, in a different way than where we ended, that, you know, that probably would be very confusing. Like you say yeah. you don't want to be with me, but then you're like, I know that nobody else other than you would love this one thing, you know, and I'm thinking about you. It's like, I'd be like, if it was happening to me, 
man, I'd be all kinds of screwballed. I'd be like, what? I don't understand. Right. Well, and my, my and my guess is, I mean, timing is everything, right? My guess is also like the day after you and your ex-wife decided to end, you weren't just like being like, funny song. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that was probably an evolution. Yes, right? it was an evolution, like, of course. Absolutely. You know, and so it's also like just being thoughtful about the timing of that. Like, I, I think it's great when people try to figure out and like, hey, like we really did get along well and we really would like to have some kind of sustained relationship. But sometimes it's when the when the hurt is fresh. Right? Yeah. When the hurt's fresh, you need to give it a little time before you start doing that. And I think taking that space is often helpful then to be like, okay, if we are going to engage, how do we want to do that in a way that's beneficial to us both? Right. Not just I'm feeling guilty and I'm, I want to feel like a nice person. Right. So I sent you a, Hey, thinking of you or happy birthday. Right. Like, um, if you just broke up with someone and next week's their birthday, I mean, you can say happy birthday, but be aware that like that might be confusing to somebody. And I know, and I'm not saying that these are, I'm talking about apps, like this stuff's complicated for sure. That's why we struggle with it. Right. So there are exceptions to everything, but I, I think it's more about being conscientious of how that might impact other people because this whole thing about, uh, about managing our own guilt, right. We do lots of stuff and maybe don't really acknowledge to ourselves that like, mm, that really wasn't about that other person. That was about me not wanting to feel guilty. And, right. it, and it's really easy for all of us to fall in that trap, uh, fall in that trap. Uh, one of the other sort of aftermath tips I would have is don't talk trash. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, like, don't talk shit about people. Right. Like in general, it's just a lot of negative energy. But, you know, and and don't don't get me wrong when people end relationships like there's often lots of feelings and but there's a difference between like venting a bit and processing and villainizing another person. Right. And it's often not helpful to you or that other person. Like, I don't even know how many friends and clients and just people over the last few years have talked about like, oh, I went on a Tinder date, but mm, I didn't feel it. They were talking about how horrible their ex was right away. Yeah. Right? And whenever people do, like I had a friend that was like, and whenever people do that, I'm like, oh, I'm out. Gross. Right. Like if right. someone's just sitting there trash talking their ex on a first date, A, we've talked about first date etiquette. Not good first date. Not good first, first date, date etiquette, people. B, it, but it also just adds this like layer of negativity that is often, you know, just it makes you feel bad, right? Like if you're engaging in a lot of just trash talking about the other person and just also being thoughtful, right? Like just because you ended a relationship with someone, you know, making fun of them to somebody else, especially if you had like a similar friend group, things get back to people. Be thoughtful yeah. <laughs> about yeah. that. Um, and in that, being mindful of balancing blame, right? I don't know what this is, a, why we did this to ourselves, but culturally, you know, whenever a relationship end, ends, we have this like sort of dynamic in our culture of like, okay, well, whose fault was it? Right. And, yep. and often is no one's fault, it's no one's right? Fault. Like sometimes, sometimes it's just an issue of compatibility. Like maybe there isn't really anyone to blame. Somebody just wasn't feeling it. Like, don't get me wrong. There's certainly relationships that end where maybe somebody really was doing some stuff that was incredibly problematic and that's right. why it ended. Right. But relationships are a dynamic and a dance between two people. Right. So being thoughtful about like, Hey, what was my role and why this ended and being reflective about that is just going to 
help you learn for the next relationship. It's going to yep. help you be thoughtful and be a better partner and try and, and, and giving all the blame to somebody else is a problem. Right. Or frankly, some people struggle with this more just taking it all on themselves. Yeah. Right. Like being really self-negative, like, well, that didn't work because I just don't know how to be in relationships or I'm the worst or do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, made all the, de- I made, I, I, I wrecked this. I destroyed it because of decisions that I made that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's not healthy so think, either. And that's where I always say, you know, I tell people, you got to forgive yourself. Like you got to be able to say, hey, you know, and and and, and kind of look at it in a broader scope. You know, sometimes, you know, a friend of mine gave me advice one time. He said to me, and I'll never forget, he said, Jeremiah, just because this, uh, you bought a T-shirt in eighth grade and it fit you so perfectly doesn't mean now that you're this age that it fits you, you know, now that you're 23, 24 years old means that it fits you exactly the same as it did back then. Sometimes – People grow and they change, you know, and those things happen. So, you know, be able to forgive yourself. Would you agree? Yeah. And and I, and I think it's like unforgiving others, right? Like yeah. generally, like I am not saying that people don't get to be angry. They don't get to be hurt. They don't get to be sad. But I think sometimes the things that help people move through those feelings is also trying to give other people the benefit of the doubt, trying to, you know, look at people, you know, I think I've talked before, maybe in previous episodes that like people are diamonds, not coins, right? Like people are multifaceted. There are so many different facets of people, right? We often try to treat people like coins, right? Like there's just one side, a good side and a bad side, right? But the reality is it's far more complicated than that. And it often is more helpful to us as human beings to look at other people in that multifaceted way, right? Like in a breakup, you can be like, well, they're just a terrible human. So that's why we broke up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Or, or which in my, if that's really how you felt about them the whole time, like that, that seems unlikely to me, right? That you probably wouldn't have been with them if they were just a terrible human. And it's probably not going to help you cope you know, whether you were the one breaking up or being broken up with, right? It might be more helpful to just sort of be honest to like, well, there were some things that were really great about this and some things that were not so great. And there are some things that fit and some things that didn't. And it was complicated. But in the end, it just wasn't, it just wasn't quite the right fit for me. Right. And I think that that stuff does tend to help people cope more. Um, The other probably the last thing that I would say about this, and I do think it's important because it's actually come up a number of times. Um, You are not this person's therapist. And what I mean by that is wow, that that was that just times, hit me like a sledgehammer. Yeah, boom. Yeah, why did that one hit you like a sledgehammer? Well, yeah, I've got a lot of people in my life, you know, the friends of mine that have, have, have struggled in this world and struggled in my world. Again, a lot of the time when I would worry so much about the other person, right? It was because I was, you know, trying to counsel them, if that makes any sense. I didn't want to hurt them. And so then, you know, I would try to then counsel them and then I'm not their therapist. And that I just, the way you said that made me, I was like, oh, damn. So continue. Yeah. I mean, and I think that this happens like often because maybe that person is upset with you or they're wondering why, or they're just, I mean, a lot of times people ask why, because feelings don't make sense, right? They're not logical, right? You can give somebody a perfect explanation of why you want to break up, but if someone's feeling hurt, they might not be hearing it. Why? Because that hurt isn't logical, right? Like, and some people can be a bit, uh, masochistic is probably too strong, right? right? But a bit sort of like, you know, uh, in their hurt, like maybe not 
always be behaving in their own best interest, right? It's like they keep coming back and swimming in that same pool, right? Like I'm hurt, but I, I just need to understand more. And what I, I mean is sometimes people, if you're the person breaking up with someone, they might seek you to do that with like, well, well, what about this? Or just tell me this, right? But that's often not helpful for you, right? Because now you're like, I just feel like I'm continually, <laughs> I had a client once that said, I just feel like I'm like continually breaking up with this person every day, like right. over and over and over again. And sure. I just, it feels horrible. Right. And it feels cruel. And for the other person, I doubt it was helpful. Right. Because the other person kept coming back wanting to know more. Um, but the other thing, and this is probably on a much more serious note, like sometimes people are very distressed when they've been broken up. Right. And you, if you were with this person in relationship to some degree, you probably had some care and concern for this person. And sometimes people will be very distressed to a point where people will be quite worried about their functioning. Right. Sure. When I say you're not their therapist, I mean, that is not a good role for you to take on. Right. Like, especially if somebody is, you know, if you're like actually starting to legitimately worry about someone else's safety, then yeah, I, I think that that there's probably some different steps that I would encourage people to take, right? If you are really worried about someone's safety, like contact one of their a support person in their world, right? Like usually if you're dating somebody for any significant period of time, you might know a friend, right? Or you might, you know, we're in a plugged in world, try to find another person that they know that, you know, cares about them and say, hey, I'm worried about so-and-so put it on their radar, you know, um, like usually a family member or something like that is often really helpful. Um, so you can step back and then also set that boundary with the other person. Like, Hey, I can't be this person for you, but you know, uh, I, I want you to get support. Right. And don't get me wrong. Someone might get upset with you about that, but frankly, if it's an issue of safety and this is my bias and it is a bias, I'd always re rather people be angry at me than unsafe. I agree. Right? Um, that's, I'm with you there. Bias right, or not. Like, I mean, that's what I see. I'm right. with you. And, you know, it it has certainly happened, right, where sometimes people really, you're really worried about someone, right? Or maybe someone, you know, not to be too intense here, but somebody might threaten to kill themselves. And in that case, and if you don't know how to get a hold of someone, you can always do what's called a safety check with 911. Right. Yep. And just say, hey, I'm really worried about this person and I would like they threaten something. I'd like you to check on them. And again, that's not very common. But has it happened? Yes. Right. Like where somebody has done something where they're in a really distressed kind of state. And I and again, I know that this stuff is really serious, but these are things that happen to people. Right. And people don't know how to handle them because, A, people don't want to feel like mean, terrible people. And they do usually genuinely have some care for the person that they've maybe broken up with. But also, you know, this idea of like, you, you really can't, you know, if somebody uh, has some, some difficulties that maybe they're not addressing and maybe that's part of the reason you broke up with them, you know, sometimes those things can come out yeah, during a breakup, sure. right. And it can, and it can intensify it. So, I mean, honestly, like, one of the biggest pieces of uh, feedback that I would just kind of close with here is like, using these opportunities as a way to just learn, 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 yep. right? Like, Which we're all about you know, at the University of Pleasure. Yes, we are, right? Like, so if your last breakup was just terrible, right? Rather than maybe just blaming it on the other person or being like, breakups are terrible, be reflective. Maybe ask yourself, was there a way that I contributed to that that maybe made it go a little more terribly? <laughs> For sure. And I think that's a really important part of getting better at because 
that's the reality. Most of us in our lifetimes will have to end some relationships with people. Not everybody, but most of us. And that's always hard and it's always going to be hard. But I do think that there are ways that we can go about it that can be more thoughtful, more compassionate, and also more thoughtful and compassionate in terms of how we're doing it for ourselves. The person right? like, doing so, the breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The that's doing the and that's up. where I say, you know, all these, this is such incredible advice, Doc. You know, and we were going to segue to a whole other topic today, but I just, I let this keep rolling because I felt it was so important and I'm sure you feel the same way. You know, this, this is a, it, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing. It's a yeah. loss in people's lives, whether it's a long-term relationship or, you know, not even that long. And then finding these balances, that sort of thing, and, yeah. and being able to forgive yourself, I think is extremely important and, and just you know, uh, learning and growing, which is why we do this mm -hmm. podcast. And hopefully so many of you right. out there uh, were able to take in some pieces of info here and nuggets from the Doc's genius and hopefully apply it for future breakups. So we're not yeah. going to segue to another topic. <laughs> we're going to say thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, well, if I can, uh, just because I always interrupt you of course, at the yeah. end. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I always have more. I always have more. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, no, I just think I know that this is sort of a heavy topic, right? And sometimes we talk about heavier stuff and lighter stuff. Well, because that's life, right? Right. Some stuff's heavy. Stuff stuff is a little lighter. Um, but I, I do just want to say to our listeners, right, like, if you are someone who, as always, right, like who is either really struggling to end a relationship or is struggling because someone ended a relationship with you and you're not, you're just really not handling it well, remember that there are so many people out there that you can talk to. Um, I know that during this time of COVID, healthcare is also a little dicey for some people, but remember that a lot of therapists out there right now are doing telehealth, right? There are lots of easy ways to get care right now. So I just want to throw that out there, you know, the little PSA as always, like- Thank you. Thank you. Doc. Thank <laughs> it's, you. It's almost easier than ever to find support right now because you've got tons and tons of providers that are actually willing to do it from the comfort of your own living room. Absolutely. So, um, just, just something to say. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Appreciate you as always and all that you do for so many people and, of course, for all of our listeners out there. So, thank you so much, folks. We will be wrapping this up now. Please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Take care of one another care for each other, especially in difficult times. And even though times are hard right now, still take time to find a little bit of pleasure. Would you agree, Doc? Absolutely. All right. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And special thanks to our new associate producer, Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. <laughs>